everybody in all walks of life have a story. We don't know what it is when we meet them. We don't know why they're the way they are. But sometimes just saying to somebody that you matter, just by noticing them, by seeing them, you, you don't know. You may have saved that person's life for that day because that person that's in front of you could be saying, okay, when I get home, you know, I, that's it. I'm done. I've had enough. I'm going to swallow all the pills I can find and that'll be it. Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So I'm delighted to be able to welcome Nancy onto today's episode of Find Your Voice. And Nancy has an incredible story. We just had a brief conversation just prior to me pressing the record button for Find Your Voice. She's somebody who has overcome trauma and adversity in her life. She was dealt cards that maybe some of us would assume were not necessarily the best cards in life. But what she's done is with her perseverance and with her finding her own voice and expressing that through her own book, an incredible book, by the way, she's now helping other people and inspiring other people that they can, in the midst of whatever they're going through in their life, overcome that. So before I keep rambling on, because it's going to be a lot more interesting hearing from the lady herself. Nancy, how are we doing today? Hi, I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're sharing your your platform with me and allowing me to to, to share my voice. I just found that that long ago, actually. You're very, very welcome. And this is exactly why I do this show. It's to give people like yourself a voice because your story is worth hearing. And definitely your messages, I'm certain, I'm 100% that the listeners are going to take something from it. So one of the things I'm always interested in learning about a guest is why we do what we do. I'm always intrigued into what shapes a person's life in terms of the work that they do. For example, myself, why have I suddenly gone into podcasting? And it is because of my adversities from the past. It is to help other people find their voice as I myself go on this journey of finding my own voice. So what I want to know is, and I'm sure the listeners are really eager to hear more from you rather than myself, is a little bit about yourself, Nancy, a little bit about your story and what brings you here today on Find Your Voice. Well, my my story started when I was seven years old. I was raped by a neighbor and it changed my entire perception of what life or normal life would become for me. I um, I struggled through uh, most of my teenage years. Uh, luckily, alcohol kept me alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I and I say that because I, I subsequently became an alcoholic, but alcohol kept me alive through my teenage years. Without it, I would have more than likely have committed suicide. I, I struggled throughout most of my life, but yet on the outside appeared like someone who had it all together. Um, I came across as very confident, uh, even somewhat aggressive in, in, in my approach. And, and at the same time, very intimidating because I didn't want people to connect with me on an emotional level. I just wanted everybody to stay away. And um, the reason I wrote my book is that after finding a partner in life, uh, she's now my wife, 
I, we had spent probably about 15 years together and, and I realized that there, there's a big age gap between the two of us. And I, all of a sudden at the age of 50, I realized that we probably had more years behind us than what we would possibly have ahead of us. So I decided that I, it was time for me to find a way to be in the moment every moment of every day with this person that I grew to love. I never knew that it was even possible for me to be able to love anybody and or anybody even loved me because to me, I was damaged. Uh, I grew up that way. I grew up feeling like that. And I tried to compensate in every way that I could. Um, I, I had a job that I really loved simply because I knew I was good at it. And, um, and, and I excelled in it. So I, 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 I took a lot of pride in my work, even though I had no formal education other than high school. But this, this was the turning point for me. I, I had gone for counseling throughout the years in, in my mid-20s um, after I found recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous because now that I no longer had alcohol to help me through, I couldn't function. I, I couldn't function in the real world. I, I learned uh, very quickly to live in what I call my logical part of the brain without having to deal with any of the emotions. But it makes you basically a zombie. There's no, you're, you're kind of on an even keel all the time, but there's no ups and there's no downs. You don't feel joy. You don't feel sadness. You just go through every day as just another day. But I wanted to be present. I wanted to know what it was like to to feel love and, and, and to feel part of something and, and to have a life with somebody. So at 50, that's when I started writing my book in preparation uh, for a, a legal trial. Because at, at 50, I decided that in order for me to deal with all of this trauma that I had, I... I filed a lawsuit against my abuser, a civil lawsuit. But since I had never, ever spoken about it, I had to find a way to find my voice, to, to put my story together. And that's how the book was born. And, and it took uh, about three years of writing. Uh, I had no intentions of ever writing a book. This is the only way that I knew how to communicate with the trauma specialist that I uh, was working with and it just it became a book and and I, I everybody that I had shared parts of my story with um, said that I, I, I needed to publish it and that's what I did and I've since found out that my story is certainly not unique and and people like me need to talk about it we otherwise this this will never go away the shame will be there forever. The, 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 you know, it, it just, we need to stop the cycle. And, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Wow. Firstly, thank you, obviously, for sharing that, because I know some of that is a very emotive and traumatic experience of your childhood. But it's also what makes you who you are today, the amazing person that you are. And the sad thing is, you said it at the end, this isn't a unique thing, your story. And this is really what Every time I hear these stories and every time I interview somebody like yourself, I'm not getting any 
more desensitized to it. Like it's still, I still feel that and I still feel that pain and it, it breaks my heart that these travesties are still going on. I mean, I've worked as a social worker in my past life. I've got siblings who have come from the care system all with their own levels of abuse. And I just, I can't comprehend that. So it's difficult, but I'm so grateful at the same time that you've obviously come on to share your perspective because one of the things I want listeners to gather is Nancy's perspective may be different, say, for example, to mine of of the adversities we've been through, but you can always pick up something from every single person. And you said some incredible things there. So I'm just going to kind of recap, I think, like a scatterbrain. So forgive me, I'm going to be all over the place, but I'm so intrigued by this story. So one thing I never thought I'd ever hear anyone say is alcohol kept me alive. But obviously you explained that in terms of the other side of it would have been suicide. So thankfully, alcohol did keep you alive and obviously you never completed suicide. So extremely grateful for that. It's the only time I'll ever be grateful for alcohol, keeping anyone alive. You also mentioned some really interesting stuff, which I think I could probably relate to on a lesser scale, but definitely people out there who have been through what you've been through is that your appearance on the outside seems that you have it all figured out. For example, I sit here now doing a podcast with yourself over a screen when six months ago I was too nervous to even look at the person so everything was audio based 12 months before that a podcast was like no chance in hell am I ever doing a podcast so we all have our own sort of anxieties or obstacles or levels of growth that we have to go through and it's just a shame that yours was I don't I don't like using the word damaged but you were you were felt like you were damaged and you were broken to an extent that you had to have these certain mechanisms in place just to kind of function throughout the world but what I want to jump into more so and I think it's really amazing actually that you came onto the show right when you came on now because I'm fast approaching 100 episodes on this show and my number one goal I wrote when I started this show was my 100th episode was going to be my story and my story was mainly about forgiveness because of my adversity which I've never really shared with the world and when I was reading your forward of, of your book there was the bit where you just mentioned now where at the age of 50 you started writing this book three years in but then you also went for the lawsuit against your abuser and I want to touch on the forgiveness side if I may and I'm assuming that was what you needed to heal yourself from in terms of the abuse that you had gone through would you mind just expanding ever so slightly on that did it help in terms of dealing with being able to forgive that individual now and obviously the three-year process if we could just kind of divert slightly into that because I'm really interested to know how you overcame that. I, I'm not sure I ever forgave him or even needed to. The person I needed to forgive was myself because at, at that young age, at seven, the only way that I could make sense of all this was that obviously I had done something very wrong. Like it had to be me because that's the only thing that made sense. And the, the lawsuit... Um, was the greatest gift, even though after four and a half years, I chose to walk away from it. Um, it took three years to even get a discovery hearing, which was the very first time I ever uh, verbally said what had happened to me. And I, I the, the reason I walked away from the lawsuit is because we live in, in a legal system. It's not a justice system. And it's very geared towards just keeping things dragging for as long as they can until somebody eventually walks away. And last December, my lawyer called me and, and uh, we had made different strategic moves to try to get this going. And he called me and he said, you know, he said, uh, they're, they're coming after us really hard 
they're going to be dragging people into this that um, were not involved in this to begin with. Uh, they were going to attack my family as well. And even if we won this judgment, uh, they were also going after all of my uh, records from the two or three psychologists and, and special uh, specialty people that I had um, hired throughout the years to work with me. They wanted all of their client notes relating to my case. Uh, as well, it, absolutely everything, like even if it didn't relate to this lawsuit at all, they, they were going after all of it. And it had left me feeling really vulnerable because the, the, there was a lot of, I mean, you go into therapy uh, being told that anything you say here is protected. It won't go anywhere. But that's not the case. It's not the case. When 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 you get into the legal system, Unfortunately, here in Canada, they have access to that information. And I, I wasn't aware of this. So we had been fighting this for over three years now. And, <clears throat> oh my God, no, four and a half years. And my lawyer said that, you know, it, it's totally up to you. Um, I'm willing to keep fighting for you if, if you want to continue. And, um, but he said, even if we win, after all of this, he said, I can guarantee you that with these moves, it'll drag on for another year, possibly two years. And even if we win, uh, collecting any kind of, of settlement uh, is another legal battle and could go on for years again. So he said, it's, it's up to you. And by this time, I had already done a lot of healing with this. It had given me the voice that I needed, that I was looking for. And I, I no longer needed to go after him because really he, he wasn't even in the picture anymore. Like it, it, it had nothing to do with him anymore. He certainly had paid the price through all of this because even four and a half years of legal battle for him cost him uh, money-wise a lot of money. Uh, I come from a very small town and Everybody there pretty much got my book. So everybody knew, even though I don't mention his name in the book, um, it got out. And, and people know who he is. And he can't go anywhere now without ever wondering when somebody looks at him, do they know? You know, like, have they read the book? Like, what do they know? Or are they, you know? So he's, karma has caught up with him. So I, I no longer even needed to deal with him. I, I, I had made peace with that part. And I just needed to learn how to forgive myself because even today I, I still have um, days where there's a lot of doubt, um, where I beat myself up for, for, for stuff. And, and I, I still have to deal with the PTSD and I probably will. For the rest of my life because there will be triggers i hate that i hate putting a, a a label on myself so i've always fought that um even even with the anxiety I, i've always fought it i i've fought against medication um but i have a tremendous team of professional people working with me which is what i made sure i had when i started this journey and a lot of them are uh, holistic pr practitioners 
And of course, I had to share with them part of my story so that they knew what my limitations were and, and knew how to work with me. And uh, I did all that in writing because I still could not voice my story. And I, I just have an amazing group of people working with me. And, and I reach out to them every time I need them. And they're always there to support me. And, and some of them are family. Some of them are, have become friends. Uh, I have a social worker that works with me on a regular basis. Uh, I have an acupuncturist that does uh, healing touch and Reiki. And a lot of these holistic services can be done virtually as well. And because just because the world as we knew, knew it stopped, um, my issues didn't. So I found other ways of, of, of working with it. And, uh, and they've done amazing work with me and, and I'm so grateful but I've been one of these fortunate people that through my entire life people have showed up when I needed them even when I didn't want them they were there and people have given me small spaces where I could feel safe and, and kind of recoup and move on to the next stage so that, that's been my story my entire life and and I wanted to honor those people in my book as well and, and how important um, human connection is. Not Absolutely. physical connection, but a human connection. Absolutely. It saved lives. It saved mine. Bless you. Well, people just being there for people and offering their support and having an ear to listen to or just speaking. I mean, this is something that I try and do on the mental health space, especially not just for PTSD, but anxiety or depression or whatever people are going through. Sometimes having the relationships around you, the positive relationships where you can be a soundboard or just have someone to reach out to, that massively, massively helps. So I'm so glad that you have that. And it's beautiful how you always seem to just pull out the positives for whatever you're going through. So you said you were a very lucky person in terms of you had the right people coming at the right time. Sadly, for some people, they may not have those kind of opportunities where they can have that. And my heart goes out to them. But you also said some incredible stuff that I need to I need to say it again because it's so important is that forgiving yourself is the key. That resonates with me so much because unless you forgive yourself and you heal yourself, you can't move forward in life. Everything you're doing, it, it's almost like tainted, if that makes sense. And I'm just speaking from my experience here as well. I was not the same person that I am now or prior to when I went through my adversity. For those three years, I was overly aggressive I was putting a mask on I was trying to be the I was trying to be someone almost like a defensive person I was trying to defend myself I suppose when I look at it in hindsight and that's not a great place to be because it takes away all of our natural abilities and our natural beauty from ourselves so I love that and also how you said when you verbally said it that's when it started to really help you in terms of like the healing and stuff and you mentioned writing so one of the things I always encourage people is find your own medium in terms of if it is writing if it is journaling absolutely do that if it's speaking in a microphone to people across the world do that as well because i find when i speak to people like yourself it gives me a level of gratitude as well and i mean that with all due respect that i hear an adversity the adversity that you've been through sorry and it makes me just appreciate my life as well from my perspective so i heal through these processes i learn from yourselves all this stuff i was writing it down acupuncture i was like i need an acupuncture person now i need somebody for this and i think these are really really important so going back to my point if somebody's going through something like what you've gone through, obviously my, my philosophy, and I'm sure it's your philosophy, is that we want to heal them or get them healing as soon as possible, not to wait so many years beyond their life. 
what would you recommend to somebody who's going through this? Because I know one of the first things having spoken to people previously is the shame kicks in or the feeling that this is my fault or that I've made this happen. And I don't want them to feel that. But me saying that it doesn't bring as much value as somebody like yourself saying it as you've been through that. Oh, my God. The, the most important thing is find somebody safe to talk to. Even if they do all the talking, it doesn't matter. Just find a safe place where you can allow yourself to eventually grow. And I, I've gone through the system. I, I you know, I, I spent time in, in a psychiatric unit when I was in my early 20s because I was deemed a danger to myself. And they put me in touch with people that were nowhere trained to deal with my issues um, right away because, I mean, 40 years ago, even 30 years ago, nothing was known about PTSD. Um, it, very little was even known about addiction. So, so I was uh, diagnosed as having borderline personality disorder simply because I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't like them. I didn't want to talk to them. So I, I, that's what they diagnosed me with. And it's okay to say no if you're not comfortable. And I've learned that through my recovery, through my journey. Uh, I've met some amazing people. I've eventually ran, met a psychologist in my mid-20s that worked with me for four years. And the first two years, I went to see her. Every second weekend, she made herself available on weekends. I went to see her and I never said a word for two years. But she gave me a safe place to be for that one hour. And eventually, uh, we found a way to communicate. And she offered me tools that kept me going for like 15 years before I required help again. Just don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. Give it a try. If it's not a good fit, keep looking. Surround yourself with strong, positive people that, that will be there for you. And in my case, it needed to be all women. Nothing personal. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it just, for me, in order to feel safe, it needed to be all women. Mm. And they were there. I made myself open to it, and they were there. And I still struggle with with a lot of areas in my life but i'm okay now i i'm okay with the fact that i may struggle and i've also had to learn and, and i I'm, I'm the type of person that i i basically i don't like changes i fight everything until i can't fight it anymore and i don't like the fact that I have to take time out and meditate, if, if you want to call it that, or get myself grounded. Uh, I wish it was just a normal thing for me, but it's not. It takes work. And, and I've had to adapt to that. And, and I'm not always very good at it. But I've gotten into, I found things that helped me uh, enjoy, even if it's just 10 minutes a day feel happy and and for me it's it's nature i the way our house is situated we have a wooded backyard and so it brings out a, a lot of small creatures and little animals and and i've actually 
grown to like them. Uh, I even last year had a wild pheasant that I was able to train to come right up to the door and peck on the door <laughs> so that I could feed her. Wow. So these are all connections that I needed to learn how to make and become comfortable with. And so every day I try to spend at least 10 minutes. Uh, if it's not nice enough for me to be outdoors, to at, at least be there and, and crack the door open and listen. And amazingly right now, it's so eerily quiet out there that you can hear everything. You can hear a branch crack. So it's, it's making me become mindful. I become connected. I'm noticing these things. I'm allowing my senses to be awakened. And uh, it, it all per- plays a part in, in feeling human, feeling like I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I know I'm going to be okay because people will always be there for me. I've, I've grown to believe that. Absolutely. I don't think it's just the people as well. I think you've got the creatures knocking on your door, checking up on you as well, Nancy, <laughs> which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, actually, I, I talk about one of them in my book, and, and it was that pheasant. I called her Charlotte. And actually, we she had followers on Facebook <laughs> because I used to post it on Facebook. And, and, and now I've got squirrels that come around, and sometimes I can feed them out of my hand, and sometimes they're a little bit skittish. But it's all part of my healing journey. I mean, I've had to make changes to adapt to the way that I've I've become. I, I found about uh, 10, 12 years ago that I struggled working in a nine-to-five office environment, and it was becoming extremely difficult for me. So I created my own job. I, I became a virtual accountant, and I was, again, fortunate because I had made contacts all along the way. And, and these people were there to help me get set up and, and get going. And now I work from home and I still need to prepare myself when I go out, uh, say for, for I, I've joined different groups and one of them is, is uh, a group for professional women, uh, entrepreneurs. And, and, but I still need to pre- like prepare myself when I go there because um, loud noises can trigger me. Um, I, I become anxious. I become nervous. Um, so it's everything. I, I've just adapted my life around uh, what some people would call limitations. They're not limitations for me. They they they, they were gifts, and I've just adapted my life around it. I love that. I love that perspective that you take on that. And one of the things I've noticed from your story, as you as you're telling it, is you're always taking that first step in terms of going to seek help from somebody or going out there and starting an online business for example you're always trying to be a little bit proactive and it's taking those first few steps that actually the rest of the steps people will actually come and help you along the way and I always say the first step is always the hardest step um, even even with my own journey I think as a guy growing up especially in an Asian family as well we don't talk about our feelings it's not something that you're supposed to be doing and I was kind of the first one to kind of just say oh I'm just going to do it and luckily, I've kind of paved the way for my younger brother, um, the younger generation around me and some of the Asian community where they can now feel that they can take that first step. And once you take that first step, it becomes so much easier actually being yourself. Like I sometimes feel like the more I am myself, the more people I heal and the more people I help out there. And, I, and I'm saying this from a male perspective. So a lot of my younger brothers used to watch me growing up, for example, and I used to do a lot of boxing. So it's a bravado sport. It's a tough man sport. And I used to do a lot of gym. But when they hear me say, well, actually, I watch an episode of This Is Us and it makes me cry because 
I, that was something I was missing in my life or me, or my wife calls me wifey because I'm, I'm the most emotional one in the relationship. <laughs> they, they get strength from that because then it's like, Oh, so I'm actually all right. And I'm allowed to feel this way. So that, that's something that I do. And I, and I love the way you've done everything that you've done and you've, you've not seen it as a limitation. You're again, always trying to find that silver lining throughout your story. So again, brilliant points. I just want to recap them for anyone listening. Make sure you find that safe person that you can, whoever it is, whether it's somebody already within your society or your circle, or if you have to go externally, by all means do it. We need to heal ourselves. We need to get out there and find our voice however we need to do it. So I think that's really important. And you also said a very, very important one that to say no if something makes you feel uncomfortable. And 10 minutes a day to do something you love as well. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's like less than a percent of the day and yet some of us go through life not even doing that um and i think one of the blessings i found in isolation is people are having to spend time with themselves so we're having to think of the things to keep our mind ticking and nature's one for you my wife absolutely loves going for walks i'm not so much of a nature person i get allergies i get hay fever i'm like oh, i need to stay indoors but again i found my solace in creating videos i i like storytelling so i've just started creating animation videos and whatever it is for anyone i think we need to find that so that's really really important so fantastic stuff there i want to ask you then as you're somebody who i see regardless of what comes in your way you will take that first step to move forward and you will find a silver lining given all the adversity that you've been through in your life let's go back to the, the childhood trauma if, if we may and looking mm -hmm. at that but looking at it from a hindsight perspective what lesson would you take from that that you're actually grateful for is there anything i wouldn't change anything in my life today wow because I wouldn't be the person that I am without any of it. There was never anybody really that, that I could blame except for the abuser in all this. Like even, even my family, I, I can't blame them for anything that has happened. I come from a generation of secrets. People never talked about that. People, it, it, it just, I mean, 40 plus years ago, there was nothing said about any of this. And most of the time, I'm, I'm probably not the first generation that, that it's happened to either. I just happened to be the one that had decided that I was going to break the cycle. And there's one thing that I, I always want to say to people is that you never know the impact you're going to have on somebody's life. And it can be as little as just acknowledging someone. If you're out and about somewhere, uh, you know, I, I, I know that the last few years I've consciously been making an effort to acknowledge people when, I, when I'm in front of them, whether it's the cashier at the grocery store, whether it's a lawyer that I'm in front of. Um, everybody in all walks of life have a story. We don't know what it is when we meet them. We don't know why they're the, the way they are, but sometimes just saying to somebody that you matter, just by noticing them, by seeing them, you, you don't know, you may have saved that person's life for that day because that person that's in front of you could be saying, okay, when I get home, you know, I, that's it, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm going to swallow all the pills I can find and that'll be it. But somebody interrupted that along the way just by saying, hey, how are you? Or just nodding your head. I see you. You're there. Um, you know, my, my partner gave me early on in our relationship a saying. It's a Dr. Seuss saying. 
and and it's on on a really nice picture and it says to the world um you're only one person but to one person you are the world and you know i i i often talk about my grade four teacher because that was the first time i think that i ever felt safe after the event and she did nothing special for me she treated me just like she did every other student but she treated every single student like they were special she made them feel smart she made them feel like they could accomplish anything and i i sent her a letter last year or the year before telling her that and i mean that was like many that. many moons ago and she was so surprised and so um honored that that i would recognize her in that way because to her that was her job so we just we never know who we we're going to encounter and sometimes just a simple hello and actually looking at somebody not just kind of walking by with the head and like a wave and acknowledge them that they matter because so often that has saved my life yeah wow that, that's incredible and again I, I can't echo that anymore and the importance of it is that the acknowledgement of just again the human interaction just showing someone even for that slight moment that you care about them you take because time is our most important commodity it's something that we're never going to get back so when you can give that to somebody it's it's so so special um and as you were saying that i was thinking of like my economics teacher one of the first teachers who had a profound effect on my life because i was a very shy kid and he could see that he's probably the only teacher who could actually see that and he would always openly make sure he would never ask me a question in front of the class because i hated reading out in front of people and it's little things like that and it's weird you said that because a while ago i think it's about six months ago i was like on linkedin and i was doing a bit of stalking i was like i really want to just message him because one of the things i've started doing and it was a guest who came on my show episode number four joshua who has who has a, a, an illness whereby his life expectancy is very very low and he and he's an amazing amazing person and one of the things he does on a daily basis is he'll message someone in his phone book, a friend or a family, and just telling them what he appreciates about them. And when he first told me that, because I got one of those WhatsApp messages, I found it really strange because I didn't know how to react to it, if I'm being completely honest. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. Like, it was really nice. It's become my habit now. I, I will always check up, especially in isolation. I'm, I'm messaging people. I'm saying, how are you? And it is so important. I can't stress it. I, I love that. When you were saying I was getting a bit rolled up and I just think it's so important. And I had a phone call yesterday. I'm, you got you got me going now, uh, Nancy. But I had a phone call yesterday from someone and I I normally shy away from phone calls because I'm very much uh, on WhatsApp and I prefer just a conversation face-to-face. -face. Um, phone conversations, I, I don't really prefer them. But anyway, I just decided to pick up the phone call. Normally I would ignore it and then text saying, sorry, missed your call, is everything okay? So I answered this phone call and it was just um, a lady who we were looking to get into some deals together for real estate. And she just rang nothing about business, nothing about money, nothing about anything just to see how me and my wife were doing. And we spoke for about half an hour and instantly when I come off the phone, I was like, oh, that was so lovely. And the wife was like, that's unusual for like you to have a conversation. I was like, I just feel so good now, like so happy that somebody on, on you know, down south, like we're not as close as say like my cousins or my brothers and my siblings took time out of their day to see how I was doing. And it made me, it made me feel alive for the rest of the day. So if we can do that for any single person out there, it, it, it's a beautiful gift. So Thank you for that. You've, you got me excited. Anyway, I need to get back to the show. Um, you mentioned some brilliant points there in relation to 
are having only to blame the abuser, which I'm absolutely 100% for. I think that's something that we, we need to recognize that it's nobody else's fault outside of that. That person needs to take accountability. And if they don't take accountability, then by all means, just work on yourself and try and heal yourself. I think that's really, really important. And you also said that um, you wouldn't change anything. And, and, and I get that because I wouldn't change anything about myself. Although I hate being an anxious person, I wouldn't change it because I am the person I am today. I'm able to connect with people like yourself. I'm able to do the podcast and do the things. But then I do sometimes think, wouldn't life just be a hell of a lot easier if we woke up and we were grounded naturally and <laughs> we wasn't having all this anxiety? Surely you must get that feeling as well sometimes. I do. But then again, if that was the case, everybody would have it. So and, true. And we would live in a perfect world, mm. you know, and, it, and, and that doesn't exist. I mean, we, we reach these milestones because of the events in our lives that bring us to that point. And unfortunately, not everybody gets there. Not everybody has the strength to get there. And, and that's a sad thing. But in, in all of this, what's happening around us right now in the world, I mean, it's brought out the good in so many people. So many, absolutely. Unfortunately, it's brought out the worst in a few, mm -hmm. but in so many people. And mind you, a lot of them will go back to the rat race once it's done. But a lot of them won't. I think it, it will make a profound change in a lot of people. We reevaluate what's important. And, and I think that will make a, a, a long-lasting impact. And, and it's events that change us. So without them, we have no reason to change. So true. Which is why I wouldn't change anything that's happened in my life. I love that. Because I love the life that I have today. I have an amazing partner of 24 years now and something I've certainly never, ever expected. I have a stronger relationship with my family. I never really had one before because I, I wouldn't allow them in my life. And it, it's just, it's an amazing life. I, I love, I love waking up in the morning. I can't wait to go to bed You're at amazing. night so that I can wake up in the morning because I love morning. I love to see what the day is going to bring. I love that. I love that perspective. Nancy, you're amazing. I must move on to what I like to call Nancy, the fun part of the show. And the fun part of the show is 60 to 90 seconds where I ask you the most random questions and ideally one word or one sentence answers only. Are you ready? Mm, okay <laughs> you'll be fine you'll be fine okay brilliant we're gonna go in three two one okay nancy what is your favorite hobby work the biggest mistake you made last year i don't make mistakes they're experience ah great perspective there nancy what is your proudest achievement my book love that your favorite motivational speaker i don't listen to any the best lesson anyone has ever taught you to be brave if you could get the listeners to do one thing after this show, what would it be? Reach out to one person and tell them how great they are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Sexual abuse of children. What is your favorite book other than your own? I don't read. Oh, okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> what are you secretly good at that nobody knows? Connection with animals. Wild animals. The ability to read minds or predict the future. Read minds. The ability to fly or be invisible. Fly. Nancy, what would you like to be remembered for? My resilience. And finally, what song 
best describes your life? Oh my God, I have no clue. <laughs> but you listen to music, right? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. No problem. But it's such a mixed genre that... Understand. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be an inspirational one uh, in terms of perseverance or something that maybe you can use to, to get yourself out of something. It changes every time because mm. it depends which food I'm in. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes my gym playlist is like the slowest kind of music ever. It's almost like romantic love songs. But if I want to hear that, that's kind of what I listen to. So yeah, I, I second that. Fantastic. Okay, so that is the end of the fun part of the show. So as we kind of head towards the latter parts, there's just two questions that are really interested in hearing from you. The first one's about reflection. So hindsight's a wonderful thing. Upon reflecting, we can always think of ways to get to where we are easier with less heartache or quicker. But I also believe the journey teaches us a lot, something we've both expressed throughout this uh, episode. So knowing exactly what you know now, if you could maybe go back to a young Nancy, maybe suffering that level of adversity and whisper something in her ears, what would you say? Oh my God, I don't think I could say anything to her because she wouldn't have listened. <laughs> okay. I Honestly, I just, that was my path. And there was no changing it. So would you consider yourself a stubborn child then? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Bless you. Just very driven in what I was thinking, that's all. Okay, okay. That, that's a good way of, of uh, reframing it. And that sadly does actually bring us to the last question then, Nancy. So the last question is about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us both, and all that exists is a book, and this book, it's about your life. It's about everything you've been through, all of the amazing things you've accomplished, all of the lives you've touched across the world and everything that is about you. Firstly, what I want to know is what would the title of this book be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? Oh my God. I have got no clue. Like I, I just, I don't see myself being a figure in, in 150 years from now. Like I've never even thought that my life would make a difference. So I, I honestly cannot answer that. Okay. You've obviously seen the results and the outcome from you releasing your book. I'm sure you've had some incredible feedback, but just from this very short conversation, your story definitely had a profound effect on my life. And I'm sure the listeners listening to it will obviously gain some value from it. So I think sometimes a lot of us, we think our story is mundane and we think, yeah, it's just me going through it and me persevering through it. But I find strength and I find hope and inspiration in hearing your story. So we need to think of a name, maybe offline, but I would definitely pick that book up in 150 years time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So just before I give the listeners a chance to obviously connect with you, I want them to know where they can find your book, where they can maybe find you if you are on social media as well. Is there any questions you wish I had asked you today or anything you want to leave the audience with? Uh, no, no. Okay. I, I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Uh, I, I, I love connecting with, with people with it's really nice to have that opportunity. Thank you. I've enjoyed it too as well, as you can see by my, my levels of excitement as well throughout this show. Um, so what is the best place, Nancy, that people can connect with you, reach out to you, maybe definitely read your book, but what else can they do in order to get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I can be uh, connected there. And my book, Life in the Shadows, also has a Facebook page. And I can, um, anybody can reach me through there. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what I'll do is to make everyone's life easy is I'll put everything in the show notes nice and easy with all the links as well. So make sure you please do check that out. 
And I just want to extend my hand one more time, Nancy, from the other side of the world. I'm so glad. Obviously, you're in a much, much better place. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day as well. You've cheered me up. I was a little bit in a slump. I've done two podcasts already, but you've livened me up. I'm ready to go on my run and listen to some probably romantic music as well because I'm in that kind of mood. But thank you so much. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. And one of the things I always do say as well, and I normally say this offline, is when somebody takes time out of their day to come on my show to help the listeners of this show and to help the movement behind find your voice that's part of my find your voice family so if there's anything i can obviously do as well after this show by all means please do reach out and i'll try my absolute best to try and help you and of course for everyone else at home thank you so much for listening thank you you're one of my earth angels now and remember this podcast is absolutely free so all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on itunes have an awesome day